Welcome to the Audit 15 Fun Podcast. My goal with this podcast is to bring relevant internal audit topics to the table at least every 15 days. Today, I have the honor to talk about quality assessment review with Adefisayo Adefarakan. Adefisayo is a manager partner and CEO of Farakan and Associates, a GRC firm providing services to the internal audit profession. Welcome, Adefisayo, to the podcast. It's an honor to have you on. Thank you very much, John. It's my privilege to be here and I appreciate it. Yeah, absolutely. So talking about quality assessment review, which it is a, a requirement from the IAA that every internal audit department uh, have one at least once every five years. Other than the requirement, you know, the IAA requirement, in your opinion, why should internal auditors care? about a quality assessment review? Thank you very much for that question. I mean, apart from the fact that it's regulatory expected by the IAE, like you said, uh, there are a few other regulatory bodies that are also interested in the internal audit function. So for instance, in Canada here, we have the OSFI, which is also a government regulatory body that looks at financial institutions and looks at different aspects of financial institutions. One of the aspects such agencies of government looks at is the internal audit function. So to that extent, you will say that the quality assessment review of an internal audit function would help an organization, not just to look at itself, but also to prepare to comply with relevant requirements. That's on the regulatory side. The second bit for me is the fact that it is essentially a review of the processes and practices such that it gives a feedback to the internal audit function itself. You know. Internal audit function reviews all other functions within the organization. It's also good to have somebody review you from time to time, provide feedbacks around blind spots, areas of improvements. Um, so it's that's the kind of value that I see. And that's why internal auditors should, you know, take it seriously. It's also like a kind of scorecard if you want to, if you want to take a look at it from that perspective. You know, internal auditors are easy, they are noted for rating other people, noting deficiencies. But periodically, you also need somebody to say, okay, come on, guys, you guys, this is what you are not doing well. This is what, where you are good. This is where you need improvement. So it's like a scorecard. It's a former feedback mechanism from stakeholders, from the board, from management, from everybody you have been reviewing all, ar all around since you are the third line of defense. So I think it's important that we pay attention to it as internal audit practitioners. Yeah, yeah. And you, it's good that you mentioned there that internal auditors, usually we point out and give feedback yeah. You know, when you're pointing at someone, you know, you have, yeah. they say like you have three fingers pointing at you. Pointing right? back at you, exactly. exactly. <laughs> so you, you, you have to be ready, you know, to take the feedback. <laughs> exactly, exactly. It must be yeah. open. Yeah, so, absolutely. So, and you mentioned something else that was uh, important there, you know, the blind spots, right? You yeah. Know, like what, what you, you don't even know that you don't yeah, know. Doing it right? wrong. Yeah. Right. So in your opinion, there's, you know, from your experience in performing QARs, what are some of the common things that, you know, internal audit departments should be doing, but are not, what are some of those like common blind spots? Yeah. I mean, if you read the recent publication by the PCAOB about from their staff updates, you know, it was published about two days ago or so, or over the weekend about findings that the public PCA will be found about audits and external auditors now, for instance. You will see that it aligns with some of the things that I'm going to be talking about because there are also some things that I've seen in the course of conducting QARs. 
So one of such is insufficient supervision of work. You know, many times internal auditors are under pressure. The audit plan has been drawn. You've got to cover about 20 or 40 audits. You don't have enough resources. So you want to jump from audit A to audit B. In the course of the year, the organization is also moving, doing so many things. Your attention is needed to review projects. Um, we run the risk of inadequate supervision of our work. And at the end of the day, one of the exercise, one of the one of the goals of a QAR, external quality assurance review, is that I should be able to reperform an audit that Mr. A has done and come to the same conclusion. So, but where there is no sufficient supervision, it's going to be difficult. That's one of the things I've seen very regularly. The second thing I've seen, you know, when you do a QAR, is a combination of three models. So you are looking at file reviews, you are doing interviews, you are also doing some kind of service. Uh, Feedback from so, some of those surveys and interviews shows that internal audit functions generally are not creating the right impression with their stakeholders. So, and this is coming from insufficient engagements. You know, um, many times it, it appears that we are taking just a one-size-fits-all approach in looking at things. You know, audit clients wants to get appreciated for things that they self-identified. They don't want us to come and hammer them at the end of the day. So. There's a need for that balance. Uh, then lastly, I mean, for the purpose of this discussion, there are so many. Another thing I've seen uh, is that activities should support, should be supported with evidences. So, or conclusions should be supported with sufficient evidence. Let me use the word sufficient evidence. I mean, you know, so you come around to a particular function, you may, maybe you've reviewed financial control or compliance. And you say, okay, boom, these guys have not done enough. Therefore, there is a deficiency or two deficiencies. And then there's an argument as to accepting the fact that it's actually a deficiency between internal audit perspective and the perspective of the audit client. So, and I think that kind of problem can actually be solved if we, as internal audit practitioners, do enough, go more deeper, get sufficient evidence. Sometimes we know that there is an issue, but we don't really have enough evidences to prove. And so... When we, as a third party, we are reviewing the function, I mean, works and internal audit team has done, we also struggle to be able to come to the same conclusion they've come to or to find sufficient evidence to back what opinion they have issued. So those are kind of things that we've seen generally in course of my own career and experience in conducting QARs. Yes, so so many good points there. Uh, like what you said there about the re-performing reminded me of an experience you know, was working for this internal audit department and we had one audit staff who was like so worried about, I, I don't have any findings. And I remember, <laughs> I remember. You really the, don't have to. You don't, yeah. I remember the director said, you know, like, hey, calm down. As long as the work that you're doing, we can reperform yeah, exactly. and get to the same conclusion. That's what that's, I care about. That, so, that's the most important. Yeah, absolutely yeah, correct. Yeah, and you, you had some really good points there on the, the interview surveys, you know, like mm. not having the right impression because we have a one size fits fit all approach. And lastly, which I'm very passionate about that topic as well, you know, the supported by sufficient evidence. We kind of jump, have a tendency Conclusive. to jump to conclusions, right? <laughs> Absolutely. You're yeah. Right. Right. So flipping, you know, flipping the question here a little bit. Yes. So, you know, what, what we're not doing well, but, you know, from your experience, you know, in doing QARs, what are some of those like quick wins? What can we, what, what can internal audit departments out there 
do like that would be like a quick win from you know your experience in performing QARs. So quick wins for me. One one is it offers quick and easy reminders about blind spot. Like I said, areas that we've been taking for granted, we can. Some of them are very low hanging fruit that you can easily pick. So for instance, it creates an avenue and a platform to create the right awareness. You know QARs because those engagements that happen gives an opportunity to receive feedback. And if you fix them as you walk along, I mean, by the time, even before the end of the year, you find that the other clients are already saying, okay, these guys have changed. It looks like they listen more. It looks like they now a bit more calm. They pay attention to what we do. You know, one of the kind of things you hear is, but these guys don't understand our process. They don't know our process. So uh, those are quick wins that you can easily pick. Second quick win that I think is that it offers visibility via engagement to the board and the leadership beyond just the regulatory reporting structure. So things like, for instance, you quickly, you had to your list of to-dos, um, memos for management attention or significant issues for management attention arising out of the QAR. Just could be just one pager that you decide to write maybe on a monthly basis on various audits that you've conducted, not deep, but just kind of opinion or expression of, you know, view about what's the trend that you are seeing or imagine trends. So those are quick wins that can easily come from a QAR review. And of course, there will be longer term, I mean, solutions. By the time you get a full report, you take a decision on what is the target operating model you want to follow then. You can begin to say, okay, we want to do this over the next three or four or five years. But these few things, you can tweak the, the, the content of your reports, the template of your report. Those are things that you could easily change based on those initial feedbacks that you are getting. Usually, maybe from the interviews, from the service, there are things that you could do. For instance, you could decide to establish um, a feedback mechanism at the end of every audit. That doesn't have to wait for one year, you know. The fact that people are saying, well, no, we don't even understand these guys. We're not. So give them an opportunity to give you a feedback at the end of every audit. You know, that's like a feedback in, embedded as part of your internal audit processes. So that every team, once you finish, before you close the audit files, send out a quick survey, Google form, whatever, does not require a lot of investments. They provide you a feedback. They give you some comment. Take note of those things and work on them. You find that you are already on the track for improvements while you are now dealing with the big, big bits of methodology review and all of those big, big, big chunk of work. Yeah, absolutely. A, a built-in uh, feedback mechanism yeah. at the end of the audit. And I like what you said there about visibility, right? At the end of the day, it's like just creates more visibility to exactly. the department, to the function mm-hmm. within those organizations. Yeah. So really appreciate you being on the podcast at FSI for those who once you connect with you and learn more about the services that you provide, what's the, the best way for them to contact you? Okay, so the best way will be to visit the website, Associates, and it's spelled P-H-A-R-A-K-A-N-A-S-S-O-C-I-A-T-E-S.com, farrakonassociates.com. You can also check me up on LinkedIn. I'm easily accessible. My name on LinkedIn is the same, Adifisayo Adifarako. Just search for Adifisayo Adifarako. Or my WhatsApp. I am based out of Oakville in Canada. Plus one two eight nine four hundred nine one three eight. Plus one two eight nine four zero zero nine one three eight. I mean, any of these channels, we can connect and then we can always add value to one another.
Absolutely. Thank you so much. And I will include all of that information in the show notes. Thank you again. Thank you. Thank you so much, John. I appreciate this privilege and the opportunity to be part of what you're doing. Please keep it up and continue to be a blessing. Thank you.